This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for episode eight of the Average to Savage podcast. I got a special guest, Danny Rodriguez. What's up, Dan? What's up, man? How's it going? It's going good, man. How are you doing? Good to be talking to you again. Yeah, finally got you on. It's hard to, hard to catch you. I'm an elusive punt returner. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's my nature. Yeah, for sure. So for the listeners that don't know you, could you give me a brief introduction of yourself? Uh, my name is Daniel Rodriguez, and that's in both of why relevancy in my name even exists is because I was a part of what's known as the bloodiest battle in the war in Afghanistan. I have 27 months of combat, a Purple Heart, Bronze Star Medal of Valor, went on to use my GI Bill to go to Clemson University, walk on, have the opportunity to earn a scholarship, land underneath Davos Sweeney, uh, played in 36 consecutive games, including a Medal of Honor Bowl at 37th, undrafted to the St. Louis, now LA Rams. Uh, played in four preseason games, was concussed against Kansas City, walked away from the game as a changed man, knowing that that was not the route I wanted to take or dream I wanted to chase anymore, having reached the pinnacle of what some say the NFL consists of. But ever since that, in college, I became a best-selling author on the speaker circuit full-time. I get to dabble in different things that life kind of throws my way, and I've been able to try to structure my life according where I do what I want. And the investment itself is important for me, the time that I possess to do and put energy into new projects, into new friendships, relationships, what have you. Uh, is imperative and the ability to kind of be my own boss um, has always been precedent in my nature so uh, that's kind of where I'm at I'm a jack of all trades I've worn many hats in my life I've seen a lot of different various roads and that's a bit of a synopsis about my life yeah for sure that was uh, right on point so so uh-huh. you, you come out of you come out of high school right and then you uh, you went to the army straight out of high school right I did literally about a month and a half after I graduated to something uh, just events in your life change paths and steer navigational direction. So I was off to the military before I knew it. And uh, yeah, it was right after I graduated high school. Gotcha. And how long were you in there for? Uh, four years. I did the army for four years. And, and what was the experience like? Uh, to be frank, the military was the most racist place I've ever worked. Um, I felt that it was a melting pot of chaos, but at the same time, at the end of it, you become united via uniform somehow, because when people are shooting at you, you don't really think much of anything else besides survival. So it's a very uh, unique workplace environment, especially being on the front lines of war and, and, and facing daunting experiences. But in a nutshell, I mean, it gives me perspective, it gives me diversity, it gives me a competitive edge in life, I believe, because I've been able to experience and survive extreme circumstances and live to talk about them. Um, And, you know, on top of that, the military paid for my education and it's been a a building block to numerous of things that have come. So uh, my experience is very as a roller coaster would on any amusement park theme rides. So, you know, I'm kind of in the same boat. I take the good with the good, the bad with the bad, but I never kind of sugarcoat what my experience was because everybody's is different. Yeah, for sure. I love that realness. And uh, so how did you end up going to Clemson? I was recruited there, man. I put out a recruitment video that went viral on YouTube (laughs) and Coach Sweeney's predecessors, or excuse me, one of his bosses, if you will, um, sent him an email, one of the board members, and he clicked it solid and gave me a call. And it was just by chance that, you know, people uh, had 
grown interest in my video, and it, it kind of uh, inspired people to share it. And Coach Sunyu was very persistent about getting me to go there. He was, I mean, on top of getting the transfer waiver, I was a non-qualifier coming out of high school, but I was five years removed. You know, I had already been in the military. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of things that needed to go into play, and Clemson and Coach Sunyu were just, you know, on top of it. And I just felt that this was going to be a place I could call home. And, uh, you know, I knew from early on that that was, you know, where I was going to end up if everything uh, worked out, and it did. For sure, for sure. And what was your experience like being at Clemson, not just as a football player, but as a student? Uh, It was a necessary um, experience, I would say, because, you know, you lose a lot of yourself at war. You're you're in a unique position to come back to readjust in civilian life, and on top of that, have Mm -hmm. recognition as a war hero and playing for a division, top division school that's got national recognition. There's a lot of things that came with that. And I felt that, you know, there was a poster boy mentality and this, that, and the other that was very mm, suffocating at times. But I also knew that what I endured in life was giving me an opportunity to kind of reshape and restructure my way of thinking, my ability to, to grow as a person, to meet new people in my life, you know, the coaching staffs, relationships that I built. So ultimately going to Clemson was such a life-saving uh, moment was such a life-saving you know timeline in my life because it kind of let me get a lot back in my life as far as you know my work ethic in the the classroom and just the way that I viewed life and and had youth around me again that was almost naive in a sense it was just the balance of severity to reality or a new reality Um, and I felt it was very um, worthwhile of my time and uh, I dedicated everything I had to school because I wanted to graduate and have that resume so uh, it was cool. It was a great experience. I loved it. I loved the community. I loved the relationships I had and the energy that the campus had on the, on a daily basis. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. Wouldn't you say uh, college just felt like a dream? Say again? I said, wouldn't you say college just felt like a dream? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of work. You know, <laughs> dreams come with sleep. Yeah. And I don't didn't sleep much in college. <laughs> you know, we got as a walk-on, you got to be up for the format, for the early, uh, early workout. So... Uh, but it was definitely living my dream, if you will. I, I remember reflecting back several times to times in war and times on your couch just seeing college football, thinking to yourself, you're going to be there one day, and then, you know, you're running down the hill. So it's definitely uh, a fulfilling, fulfilling feeling. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. You accomplish something like that and knowing that that's what you've been set, set forth to do, and uh, it gets done. Gotcha. And then who approached you to um, write your book, Rise? Now, I know you've been doing a lot of uh, public speaking and stuff like that. And like, where, where have you been doing it? And like, what's, uh, what are some like dope places you've been to?
coaches NFL teams. Um, it's been a broad spectrum of where I've been able to speak at, and, and I'm very grateful for the opportunities because, you know, it's a unique career, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, it's such a gratifying feeling knowing that people will find inspiration from your story, and every time you kind of get to share with somebody uh, in a different uh, in a different life, in a different bubble, if you will, like, it's really cool because then you just become more connected with more people, and you realize how simplistic humanity really is and how great and along ones can get in, can get with each other people can get along with each other and I think the more I travel the more I get outside of everything that you know I kind of am consumed by that's what helps me ultimately grow and give message on stage is because I don't want to be the same redundancy you know I don't want to have the mundane lifestyle I want to be continuing to evolve and to inspire and see more for me what's out there so I'm kind of in a unique position where I get to speak about it, uh, and I want to continue to be authentic when I'm on stage, and what I speak about is what I'm actually living. So uh, for me, I kind of just have twofold and, and play it by ear when I get the opportunity to speak, because uh, at the end of the day, like I want to have something fresh and of topic for the crowd that I'm presenting to. Yeah, that's going to be my next question. How do you prepare for like each one? Do you have to like do a little different when you know, like if it's, say, if you did like a college versus, I don't know, like a big company or something? of the conference so a lot of places will have you know a slogan or some type of overall um message that they want me to relay Mm -hmm. and then i'll kind of take and choose from my catalog as far as my life goes what stories represent because at the end of the day i don't call myself a speaker i I tell people i'm a storyteller and it's based off actual events you know it's a true event so you know i have plenty of stories as far as when people want me to relate to their to their audience or to their um employees so whether that be for more from the football field or just life in general you know i really kind of just choose from my catalog and plug and play and uh try to get something that's specific and, and genuine to the crowd and make sure that it fits the themes and overall messages that the people who hired me wanted to fulfill in it for sure have you uh, got hired to do any commencement speeches <laughs> i've done two. Oh yeah mm-hmm. where, where have you done them? uh one was like a graduation for a veteran thing mm-hmm. down in texas and no, just one. The uh, second one, I wasn't in commencement speech, so just one. Gotcha. And I remember uh, hearing about rumors about like a movie coming about about you. Is there any updates on that? I mean, it's all rumors and speculations in this time, my man. Yeah. But people do have my spirit. People still want to make something, so just playing it patiently. And uh, if something happens, you'll be the first to know. For sure. And uh, what do you? What else? What other projects are you working on now? I'm the chief evangelist for. Um, water called Hemp Hydrate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's been an amazing opportunity to learn finance and business and global distribution and banking. So I'm um, kind of getting a crash one-on-one course on that. And uh, that's in the CBD realm, the hemp industry. So uh, really exciting um, seeing kind of a new industry evolve in the U.S. and really being on the front lines for the last year and a half with the laws, legality, yeah. just different things that uh, one needs to be informed in and with um, in this field. So uh, it's been cool. That's kind of something that I'm putting myself into now. I feel that I'll have a good opportunity to grow in that space. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what's, what I'm looking forward to now. Yeah, for sure. I keep on seeing CBD waters everywhere. So what makes uh, your water different? Well, one, I'm behind it. Not too well. <laughs> um, so we're the first, not the first, but we have CBD on a molecular level. So this water, uh, the CBD is broken down to the same size as a water molecule and infused through reverse osmosis. Uh, so you're getting CBD on a molecular level when you drink it. So if you think of oil 
in the water, you know, it's non-soluble. Your body's actually not designed to absorb oil. Um, but ours is on a molecular level, so when you drink it, your body's actually not rejecting any of it. It's all absorbed. So you get the benefits and, and, and results almost instantaneous. And it's just a different way of consuming CBD, and a lot of people are uneducated and don't know what the benefits are for them. So we're just getting amazing feedback, and as stigma and perceptions are so slowly unveiled and, and, and the tides are turning, if you will, uh, I think more people are going to kind of start start educating themselves and, and getting you know products like mine into their system and, and being transformed in ways they never knew how. For sure, for sure. And I almost forgot to ask you, what was your experience like um, playing with the ramps? you give like an athlete or a person coming out of the military like them finishing their careers basically i guess it would be two different answers uh, i mean it's all mindset like yeah. i feel don't think of the military as a pinnacle you know for me i never thought it was going to be the end all be all i had moments but after you know circumstances in my military career you know i got out knowing that i had to do something different and i tell military people don't act don't think that you're special coming out like don't try to boast about it just just be who you are you know and if you have a positive attitude and you want to go back and play sport you have all the resources available to you tap into your gi bill um and just go work hard like the work ethic that you can put and look forward into whatever you're going after is going to carry over into habitual um, habitual uh patterns for your personal life so mm-hmm. i just think that if you can kind of keep your mindset good um know that you have the opportunity to go back and play or use sport or use your uh gi bill and go do it because uh the road doesn't stop after the military that's just only the beginning for sure for sure and uh i seen uh i think it was maybe last year you were just playing like a little pickup soccer are you still doing that uh no man i enjoy the game but uh i turned the chapter on the athletic side of d-rod and focused more on business longevity Gotcha. You're still you're still a workout warrior though, right? Gotta be man, health and wellness number one. <laughs> for sure. All right, now I got some uh, fun questions for you. I'm ready. All right, so who who are your uh, favorite uh, sports teams and athletes growing up? Oh, everything DC. I mean, hey. <laughs> so all DC sports. Obviously, I've liked the Vetchkin for like the last ten years. Got to shout him out. Yeah. Um, even on the Redskins, like I was a big Daryl Green fan growing up as a kid. Basketball, John Wall's my guy. <laughs> For sure. Like, you know, we got bought up by the Yankees. <laughs> but yeah, but all DC area for 
did you get to um, talk to any of those teams? I did. The Redskins gave me a tryout, but I made I got signed to the Rams before I ever made it to their tryout. So gotcha. uh, it was cool. No, I meant um, like speaking engagements. Mm. No, I have not spoken to any DC sports teams. No. Yeah, you got you got you got to link up with the Capitals now. I know, right? That'd be huge. <laughs> After they just won. Uh, what's on What's on your playlist? Uh, bro, I go to New Music Friday, Spotify, and just play a shuffle. <laughs> Is it anything? Anything, bro. If you don't put yourself out there to randomness, you'll only be defined by your routines. You're going to do the the Drake in my feelings challenge? No idea what that is. <laughs> 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 Oh man, how about this one? What are your thoughts on LeVar Ball? You got the son or the father? The father. I mean, whatever. I mean, <laughs> it is what it's his life. I mean, he's he's happy and he did his way. I guess I don't really have thoughts on it. What about uh? I TV. I don't really follow much shit on social media. I actually try to keep myself from all the distractions and just try to focus on me. True. So, like, yeah, yeah I don't know much mainstream. <laughs> All right, what about... Yeah, that's right. Like, there's a lot of things that distract you from that, so I try to, like, just focus in on what is relevant and what can be the best situations and scenarios for me because there's a lot of garbage and a waste of time out here, and I'm not trying to have any of that. For sure. What about... What's the difference between living on the East Coast and the West Coast? Well, the East Coast, you get the sunset, or sunrise. The West Coast, you get the sunset. East Coast, where I'm from... Marijuana is not legal. West Coast out here, everybody's pretty chill with it. Um, East Coast, I feel, is where I came from, the D.C. area. Everybody runs the country and is political, you know, freaking straight edge and buy the book, blue collar, and, you know, government contractor, GS something. And out here, it's like everybody's liberated and just creative and kind of runs in entertainment more. So but mm-hmm. it, it's, uh, it's kind of unique having been in both scenarios and living in the Midwest in Colorado and St. Louis briefly. So I've been all over the U.S. <laughs> and uh, I, I think the way of life that I would cater to for myself would be a West Coast mentality. I enjoy kind of a more laid back, chill, more diversity. People come from all over. Um, I've grown up in the Southeast, I've, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of bubbles and pockets and I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy culture. I enjoy diversity. So I think the West Coast where I live at is a little bit more diverse. And for me, I, I enjoy that. I just feel like I'm more, more at ease. Um, but I grew up in the East Coast, so my roots are there. I enjoy it. But uh, it's good to have differences in, in, in new, like I said, new journeys, new chapters in life, whether it be location of life or, or new careers. So I'm always open-minded. I'm, all, I'm already looking to move potentially somewhere else, live overseas, switch things up a little bit. But uh, we'll see. For sure. And actually, I was about to ask you, have you done any speaking engagements overseas? Uh, just Hawaii, which is over yeah. ocean. But. Yeah, <laughs> true. And uh, is uh, Clemson a wide receiver you or what? Of course, bro. Did I not graduate from there? Is there any other <laughs> debate that needs to be put in the yeah. 11 catches, bro? 11 catches during my three years there. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, all your all your boys are killing it right now. I know. I know. Iron sharpens iron, so I tell people. <laughs> Oh, you're just you're you still training with uh, Hopkins? Uh, I haven't seen him in a few months. We hadn't trained since last offseason. He's been hella busy doing his own thing. Same with me. Uh, yeah. I got Humphreys out here though. We still train. Um, he'll be out here soon. So yeah, just you know, whenever I get an opportunity to work out, Mike Williams hits me up. We were supposed to do a workout yesterday, but just 
schedules conflicted. So yeah, whenever I get them, like that's obviously something I enjoy doing, just reuniting with teammates and friends and, and doing a workout just because I love working out. So that's always more to come for sure. For sure. Do you still talk to uh, Coach Sweeney? I ain't talked to him in a minute, man. Uh, times change, you know, their, their jobs are very demanding of their time. Hmm. And honestly, you know, you know, I respect what he does and unless our paths cross or it's a text here or there, um, you know, I'm not really. So love the man to death. I know what he's doing and a lot of impacting. So uh, I just, I'm just a fan from the sideline these days. Just thankful to have played, played for him. So, you know, it's really cool what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. Daniel, I appreciate you coming on. And if you want to give us where everybody could follow you at, even though you say you don't use social media, let me know. I'm on, I mean, I'm on there, um, but I try not to follow or, you know, type things unless it's like relationships or people that, you know what I mean, that are yeah. meaningful. I don't want to, I've got caught up in a lot of shit when I moved out here first. Not just moved out here, but just college and shit. Like, I just restructured my life where I have precedence in other, in other dimensions than my social output. So, uh, but my social handles, if you want to follow me, or Daniel Rod, I think it's like Daniel Rod underscore 83 uh, is my mm-hmm. IG and uh, Twitter. And then, appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come on the podcast. As always, man. Appreciate you staying on me, dude. <laughs> Just see his key. Later, bro. All right, see you.